You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 177 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. It's been a long, hard week, or a couple of weeks. It has, actually. Yeah. It's been rough. <laughs> uh, Watch out for the Roomba. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Um, Yeah, like, I mean, you know, everything's still in lockdown, but just there's... Like I don't, I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm fucking dealing with baby stuff and just taking up. I'm not dealing with any all baby my stuff. time. <laughs> I'm not dealing with any baby stuff. Dealing with dog stuff, but not baby stuff. Right. Um. Well, what what's up, Taylor? Oh, I don't really want to get into it on the podcast, but Fair our enough. our dog's been sick and had to go to the doctor a few times, and uh, yeah, and then I just I got my second uh covid vaccine yesterday so now i'm just like wiped out today so get ready for a really kick-ass episode guys yeah man <laughs> i'm at least like not having the the sickness side effects a lot of people have had i know a lot of people have had like headaches and fevers and stuff i'm not having any of that but mm-hmm. man i feel like i ran a like fucking 10 miles yesterday yeah my body's just like what are you doing man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know you got pfizer um and pfizer hardly know her (laughs) Uh, i got moderna um and it's like we were talking about this on the way up in the elevator it's like it's it's whatever just just give me the shot like some people are making it like a class war yeah (laughs) and it's like it's it's this fucking shot like (laughs) you don't get your flu vaccine and be like can i can i find out who that is so i can brag about it on social media like (laughs) and it's like at this point if you really want to take the gloves off People getting Pfizer have to get a third shot. Maybe Moderna maybe. people do. That's not confirmed yet, but probably. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, maybe Moderna people too do too, but they haven't said it yet. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I was telling you, you know, between I got Moderna, uh, you got Pfizer, my wife got Pfizer, a couple other people I know have gotten Pfizer. All of them had little to no symptoms, you know, as far as Side effects. Side, side effects. Um, aside from, you know, just being tired or, you know, occasionally a headache. Um, man, like, I got knocked on my ass. Like, the first shot, it wasn't a big deal. Like, I, I felt a little sluggish the next day. My arm hurt like hell. Um, and I had a headache. <clears throat> but, like, I was still able to do stuff. Like, we put together in the nursery that day. <laughs> But after this second shot, like I went and got it on Friday afternoon uh, last week. Um, and I was fine for most of the rest of the day until later at night when I started getting a really bad headache. 
and my arm was hurting a lot faster than the first shot did. Um, I woke up in the morning on Saturday and was feeling about the same, not super bad. This is the first day after? Yeah. Um, Less than 24 hours after. Uh, I wasn't feeling terrible, but not super great. Um, But as the day went on, it just got worse and worse. And it's like, it's it's weird. Because I feel like when you get sick, you like, you may feel like a little, you know, a few things, like maybe a runny nose or a headache or something. And then you wake up in the next morning and that's when you're sick. It's weird. It's a weird experience for you to get gradually more and more sick over the course of your waking hours. Yeah. Um, by the end of the day, though, uh, I felt so bad. Um, I remember you posting like on Facebook, you're like hour, you know, 36 or whatever. And you're like, I live on the couch now. Yeah. Like I, it got to a point where I was not moving. Uh, like it was a struggle for me to get up and go to the bathroom. You were like, dearest Mabel, (laughs) I fear I may never leave this couch alive. Give my love to Ma. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard some people like report like, like nausea and vomiting and stuff. I never got that, you know, diarrhea or anything, nothing gastrointestinal. Poops. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just massive headache, super tired. Every single joint in my body hurt, uh, including like my entire spine. All the ones you were smoking? What? All the joints you were smoking? Oh, yeah, all my dubs. <laughs> all my dubs were sore. Um, but no, I mean, my, my back, it's like, you know, I've got bad knees. And, and a bad back, but, you know, bad knees and, you know, a lot of my joints just kind of ache because I I don't know exactly why, but I get a lot of joint pain. Probably have bonitis. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably why. Um, so I'm, I'm used to sore joints, but when they all hurt at the same time and your back, which is probably the joint you use, like, in everything you do, uh, it, it was very difficult. And I think I passed out. At you know probably eleven o'clock or so, because like I kept trying to sleep during the course of the day, but I was so uncomfortable uh, and I kept getting hot flashes that it's like I, I couldn't sleep. Finally passed out around eleven, and then I woke up I think around two or three in the morning. Uh, just I was still out on the couch, and I, that, that's when I got the chills like that a lot of people were saying they were getting. Like I was just standing there like freezing. <laughs> like it's usually my responsibility to take care of our paraplegic dog before bedtime you know, expresses bladder and stuff um but I, like i had asked my pregnant wife to do it because i was just i felt so shitty and i was so cold that i had to go crawl into bed and just die <laughs> <laughs> but um no by the next morning it was like dawn i was, I was back to normal you woke up like grandpa charlie and just yep <laughs> threw off the covers and literally jumped out of bed clicked your heels together <laughs> And I was like, what a beautiful morning, what a beautiful day. Yep. Yep, so here I am. Live and well. Yeah, and, you know, they say two weeks afterward, after your second shot, you've built up enough antibodies to be, you know. Zestfully vaccined. Yeah. Because uh, you're not fully clean until you're zestfully vaccined. <laughs> right. Uh, and that'll be this Friday, so. That'll be May 1st. 
There you go. I'm just going to go start licking people. There you go. <laughs> just start like breathing in people's like uh, exhalation. Yep. You put your mouth on their nose. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> go ride a subway. We don't have subways. I mean, we've got the sandwich shop, but. <laughs> we got a light rail. It's kind of like a subway. Kind of, yeah. It's Parts of it. Parts of it. A lot of it is above ground, which is not like a subway. But. Yeah. You know, New York subways, the way they're represented in movies, it's it's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. You know, like the 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 shittiness like that exists on the streets that they represent in a lot of movies. Didn't see a lot of that. But the subways, definitely like uh, an experience. And not necessarily a good one. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, uh, we're uh, about about a month out from uh, from the baby being due. So moving towards that and trying to get everything organized before it happens is just one of the most stressful things I've done in my life. How do you feel about being a dad in a month? I mean, you know, it's been eight months. I, I've kind of adapted to the idea. Uh, it's just... I feel like it's one of those things that, like, you'll never know how you react until it's it's time. And that is exactly it. It's like, you know, when we were getting married, or before we got married, or, you know, when we were engaged, be like, oh, wedding day is getting close. How you feel? It's like, fine. <laughs> I mean, we've lived together for a while. So we'll see how it changes when we actually get married. It's like when people, someone asks you, like, well, how, how would you feel if someone put a gun to your head? It's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> probably not great. I'd but... probably shit myself. But... <laughs> um, but I have no way of knowing until it actually happens, which yeah. hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. It's like my dad the other day was asking me how I was feeling. It's like, I mean, fine. Like. There, I'm sure there will be times when I come to him for some fatherly advice or, you know, advice about being a father. But right now, I just don't have anything. <laughs> it's like I have questions when a situation arises. I don't typically have questions beforehand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, you know, the nursery is ready to go. Although there's one thing, like, we just had a, a, a light in there. It was one that we brought over from our apartment. because we Just don't one have... single bulb that was constantly swaying. <laughs> right. It's like, stop it, and it just starts swinging again. It just sits still for like three seconds, and it just starts going again. It was like a weird, well, weird whispering noise. And it's, it's, I don't know. We've gotten used to it. That's like white noise. Babies <laughs> love that. But no, it's just this, this light we bought from Ikea because our apartment didn't have any ceiling lights. So we, there was, it was all outlets on switches um and it was the same situation when we moved into our house no ceiling lights so we had to plug wall lights into outlets so we could use the switches and it's the same thing in the nursery and you know before it was a nursery it wasn't a problem it was just this light with a glass cover on it that sits on the wall but the cord is pretty long and like actually like goes down it kind of curls around on the ground a little bit before it goes into the plug um, and just based on the size of the room, size of the room, 
it's right over where we had to put the crib mm. just because we were limited with you know in options where we could put the crib so it's like i don't i don't want to have to like install a ceiling light but I, i'm probably gonna have to and i'm probably gonna have to do it inside the next four weeks that's just kind of stuff that's that's going on in my life right now <laughs> so I, have i told you our our dishwasher fiasco i don't believe so uh so our dishwasher stopped working that's fun like the the button just did nothing cool and so the the guy came and looked at it and he was like oh it's a bad brain what what that's how you i guess it just meant like the computer part of it went out but that was how you described it okay but so they got a new one and they brought it in and it was too tall <laughs> so he was like well actually no okay first they brought in this one which is uh a low income one Oh, so it's really crap, and it's it's also too tall, but it like at least fits under there enough. Okay. So he was like, "No, this is ugly. I'm not going to leave you with this." So he goes and gets another one, and it's too tall. <laughs> so he's like, "All right, I'm going to take one out of another unit." Brings that in. It's too tall. How is this happening? <laughs> Apparently, we have an ADA apartment. Oh, that that makes sense, right? <laughs> now that you say that, I could I definitely get it. So he's like, all right, well, I'm going to order you a brand new one then. So until then, you can use the, the crappy one, but it's, it's going to be loud as shit because it's not installed properly. Did he say loud as shit? <laughs> no, he just said it was going to be loud. But, um, but so he orders a new one. And then he's like, so we got the new one. It's the right height, but it's about this big. <laughs> it's about this wide. What? <laughs> so he's like, uh, I'm going to figure it out, but I'm about to go on vacation. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So that's what we've been dealing with. It's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, that one sucks. It's so shitty. Really? Yeah, our dishwasher, this has nothing to do with the show. Uh, our dishwasher, I don't know how old it is. This is, it's this old house, <laughs> this old apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, our, our dishwasher, I don't know how old it is. It's probably. Maybe like 10 plus years old. It still works, but not super well. It's in cockeyed. Like it was not professionally installed, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, like you open the door and it's like. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just you know, one of those things. One of those things about being a homeowner. <laughs> I went to the Home Depot. I should have gone to the Apartment Depot, which is just a bunch of people standing around going, I don't have to fix shit. <laughs> That's, I, I miss that about being in an apartment. It's like... You it's know, like, call the guy. No, you are the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like uh, our ceiling fan, uh, the, the fan in our bathroom. This is what I'm dealing with right now. This is, this is my top project right now. Uh, the exhaust fan in our bathroom is probably like 20 years old. It, it runs like shit. It sounds like shit, um, and it doesn't do its job, like, at all. So, went out to Home Depot, got a new one, um, It's and it's got a light in it, which is nice, because our the shower half of our bathroom gets really dark at night. So, if we want to take a night shower, it's like we're basically <laughs> taking, a, taking a shower in, like, a dimly lit shed. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I get it, and I take the old fan out, and discover that not unlike everything else in the house, 
Uh, it's all like very firmly screwed into like the ceiling joists and, you know, where a lot of new houses and probably in this building, I would assume it's a lot of, um, um, flexible ducting rather than actual, like, you know, rolled tin or, you know, rolled steel or steel box ducting. Uh, it's all, you know, actual pipe in my house. So this fan that I got won't hook up to what's in my ceiling. And the, the reason I got this fan in particular was because I didn't have to go in the attic. I could pull the old fan out and put this new one in from inside the bathroom. But because the old, um, like there, there's a back half of the fan, like there's the fan unit and then like the box that it's in. The back half of the box of the old fan is still in there because it is screwed in with sheet metal screws to the exhaust pipe. So I have to get up in the attic to unscrew that so I could take out that last piece. And then I also discovered the fan wasn't big enough for the box or for the hole in the ceiling. So I was getting ready to actually, on top of doing that, patch the hole in the ceiling and then put a new one in. Yikes. Yeah. But luckily I discovered that the fan I got was not the right size and that the correct size is actually the right size for that hole or the right power level, I should say. The next step up you know, a stronger fan is actually the correct size. So it's like, I, okay, so I got the wrong fan to begin with. The correct fan actually fits. So at least I can not worry about that. But, and then I need to replace all the boards on my deck because I just don't feel safe, even me walking on it, let alone <laughs> anyone else. Uh, if you don't have to buy a house, just, just don't. It's... <laughs> Three years in, it's just not worth it. <laughs> okay. So we're 17 and a half minutes in. Maybe we should... Uh, I'm sure most people have probably skipped all of that by now. Probably. These idiots just talking about his house. I don't fucking care about his house. Well, let's take this time to thank some very special folks. Uh, our grave diggers over on Patreon help fund this show financially. Uh, it's not an expensive dog and pony show we run here, but it does cost money and we don't have much of it because I have to fix my house. <laughs> um, uh, those lovely folks are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, for all your continued support. It means the world to us and keeps us from having to Pay things out of pocket. <laughs> Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, contrary to what Tony just said, we're not just taking money and like fixing our houses with it. I um, wish. <laughs> but it helps us save money because we're not spending money that we can use to fix our houses on things like uh, URL hosting and MP3 hosting and the Graveplot Film Fest, which we do every year. All that money comes from our Patreon. So... Head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. In exchange, you can get things like joining us live for horror business like we're doing right now. Uh, and uh, some other neat, cool things. And others. And the rest. <laughs> for $100, Taylor will get a unicorn tattooed on his asshole. Whoa. <laughs>
Too far. He will get the... It, it's going to be like a forced perspective thing. It'll be the ass of a unicorn tattooed around his asshole. It will not be So that. it's like the like his asshole will be the, the unicorn's asshole. It will not be any of that. <laughs> One time I saw this picture of a guy who had gotten a tattoo of a girl bent over naked uh, and her asshole was his belly button. I've seen that with a monkey. With a monkey. <laughs> it's like, these are things, these are the decisions people make that, and they live with it for the rest forever. of their lives. Forever. That's on your body forever. And it's like, you know, it's, unless you like go in, like go in with the mindset that like, oh yeah, I'll pay a fortune at some point to get this removed. <laughs> but why? <laughs> it's not like uh, you know you get a bad haircut and it's like ah oh, it'll grow out, or you just shave your head or whatever. Yeah, you don't just shave a tattoo off. I mean, you could, I guess, you could just cut your skin off. That's so much worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, should we move on? Probably. <laughs> All right, let's do some more business. All right, starting out in some real world horror. World. Those uh, those those quick succession R's that are they're difficult for me. Mm. Real world horror. So many R's. That is that is a lot of R's. Uh, this is a prime example of why people with too much money should not have too much money. Yep. Because it's like, you know, well, we'll get into it. Uh, because they worry more about can I, not should I. Exactly. It's like, you know, I don't know much about science. But but I don't know much. Yeah, like the song. You've heard it. <laughs> I love on um, Fake Doctors Real Friends that every time Zach Braff does an impression, it's just... Uh, Aaron Neville? Aaron Neville, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, do your impression of uh, um, DJ Khaled. Well, I don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that one episode of Scrubs where uh, it's Turk in an elevator, and he's like leaving himself like voice voice notes on his recorder, and like people get out of the elevator, and he's just as soon as the doors close and he's in there alone, he's just like, mm, but I don't know much, <laughs> but I know I love you. Like that's that's, that's everyone's go to Aaron Neville impression. <laughs> Do you know any other Aaron Neville songs? No. <laughs> I don't think he does. I think he has several albums with different renditions of the same song. And like, just nobody uh, notices. Pablo Francisco talked about how Aaron Neville sounds like someone changing the stations on the radio. And then... All right. So Elon Musk, everybody's favorite rich douchebag, um, is now like... He's, he's like this guy. He's like, I got ideas, man. I got ideas. What if we put a car in space? Yeah. That'd be fucking weird, right? <laughs> Why not? Fuck it. You've seen heavy metal. It's cool. <laughs> uh, or it's like, hey, let's build a high-speed underground railroad. Why not? I mean, that'd be cool. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, but it's like, okay. But like, do it. Yeah, do it. 
I mean, if anybody has money for it, you do. And now he's like making monkeys play video games with their minds. Oh, I don't like these these things that are happening. This is this is how the Planet of the Apes start. <laughs> yeah. Except they're not going to just like start picking up rocks and sticks and stuff and start killing us with it. They're going to control all our computers with their minds. Yeah, they're going to be like a uh, fucking Terminator, like uh, um, Skynet, except they're monkeys. Except they're, they're monkeys. <laughs> it's a monkey net. Well, Elon Musk, uh, in his new attempt to destroy the world. It's not actually him. It's, it's just his partner that said, I don't think he was involved. Other, oh, other you're than right. just the fact okay, that I he started. Mis- all right, I misread this. Okay, well, Elon Musk's partner uh, is now claiming that. Uh, they can potentially create, you know, a modern version of a dinosaur. A la Jurassic Park. Yeah. Now, we've all seen how well that turned out many times over. But, you know, why not? Uh, Max Hodak, who co-founded Neuralink with Elon Musk, tweeted, we could probably build Jurassic Park if we wanted to. Uh, he says it wouldn't be genetically authentic dinosaurs. Uh, is that a shrug? Yeah. Okay, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> but shrug. It's like, I'm not a scientist. I just have a lot of money. <laughs> not a stupid idea. <laughs> uh, it says uh, maybe 15 years of breeding and engineering to get super exotic novel species. That's literally the plot of Jurassic World. Yeah. And it did not go well. No. Lots of people died. So many people. Uh, biodiversity uh, or anti-fragility. <laughs> Fragility. Fragile. 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 Anti-fragile is definitely valuable. Conservation is important and makes sense. But why do we stop there? Why don't we do? Why don't we do more intentionally to? Tr- Wait. Why don't we more intentionally try to generate novel diversity? Uh, because the last time we introduced something novel, it killed 500,000 Americans. <laughs> yeah. Novel is not a good word when you're talking about genetics. Right. Uh, uh, let's see, like... You know, rich people playing scientists. It's not like, a good idea. All these people, were, like this last quote, all these people were responding to him being like, why don't you like, you know, save the endangered <laughs> snow wolf or whatever? Yeah, or and save he was the like, polar bears. And he was like, yeah, but T-Rexes are cool. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Sounds like maybe he's just like trying to like fuck with people. It, that's very possible too. Either way. It's... But I don't trust Elon Musk and by extension, Max Hodor. uh yeah they are just crazy enough to to like be like let's try it yeah and there are people out there with the education and know-how to do these kinds of things that will do it for money (laughs) like like fuck what we should and shouldn't do i'm getting paid i like money yeah (laughs) make that money uh Bad news written all over this. And you know, at this point in the world, why not? <laughs> why not just destroy it with dinosaurs? In, even ones that like the world has never seen before. Imagine like humans get wiped out and then eventually come back because time is cyclical. 
And kids in school are just like, how did the dinosaurs come back? And they're like, well, humans invented new ones. And the kids are like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, didn't they see what was going to happen? It's like, and then you're just praying for another meteor. Yeah. Because, I mean, God knows what the world would look like if that meteor never came. And the teacher will be like, they were inspired by a series of movies. And the kids will be like, there were movies about it and they still did it? <laughs> How did those movies turn out? Oh, a lot of people died. A lot of people died. And like they kept like trying to redo it and then people kept dying. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, I can see where this is going. Sounds like a bad idea then. Yeah. <laughs> it's no wonder they got wiped off the face of the planet. Yeah, they're like, idiots. It's it's like if you have a user guide showing you what not to do, then you know That's page one. Yeah. <laughs> the mistakes that you make are you know, just even worse because somebody told you not to do it. <sighs> da, 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 da. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah, those, like, are the, those are the, the, the lyrics. lyrics. The the rarely heard lyrical version of the song. Well, I got you still haven't watched Happy Endings, have you? No. There's an episode where uh Jane played by the the chick from Scrubs, um, Joe from Scrubs. You find out that she was born on Christmas. Okay. And so they want to give her the, a birthday party that has nothing about Christmas in it. But Dave's ringtone is Jingle Bells. And he was like, no, that's not Jingle Bells. That's the theme to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Newman gets killed bad. <laughs> He does. He does get killed pretty bad, <laughs> yeah. which is why we should not have a real we Jurassic lose, Park. We, we could lose Newman. We guys. could lose Wayne Knight. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about something else. got to constantly change subjects otherwise people will find out how stupid we are <laughs> oh they know <laughs> uh so here's something i never would have expected uh tony you remember the the history channel series alien uh ancient aliens yeah the guy the guy with the hair the hair and the, and the puka shell necklace he's like aliens, aliens. uh so i don't want to say it's aliens but but aliens, aliens. So that show is being turned into a feature film. <laughs> what? <laughs> How? Um, so Ancient Aliens is a pseudo documentary series that has been airing since 2009. Is it still on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you uh, never seen it before? <laughs> yeah, your fucking mind. <laughs> Uh, and dealt with pseudoscience and the idea that extraterrestrial beings visited Earth in ancient times, sometimes provoking cultures into thinking they were gods. Uh, so, like I said, this is coming into a feature film from the creators of Cobra Kai. Josh Heald is directing for Legendary, and Luke Ryan will be writing the script. Uh, the film will be a two-handed, globe-spanning adventure featuring ancient sites and artifacts, Confronting the theories and questions raised by the popular docu-series. Isn't this like Battlefield Earth? 
Isn't that kind of like the basic premise? I think, but Battlefield Earth, there was like Xenu and stuff. Well, yeah, it's all based around the, the idiocy behind the Scientology, but uh, I mean, isn't this the basic premise of it, like this, of the story? Aliens come to Earth and they are like warlords and... I don't know. I never saw it. It doesn't matter. No, this matters. Well, it's like, it's just, it's a fucking John Travolta movie. It only matters like so much. Yeah. Often not at all. Uh, no word yet if Giorgio Zucalos will be involved, which is the, of course, the famous aliens guy. He's got a cameo, right? Of course. He's got a. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking A. Fucking A, right? <laughs> it's a fucking A. Pull your finger out of your ass. That's what I say. I say, pull your finger out of your ass. I mean, what's the point if he's not? Yeah, why, what's, what is any of this for? Yeah, like, the show is only popular because of the memes. Like, that's literally the only thing I know about the show. I didn't even know what the show was about until reading this. I didn't yeah. even know it was still on. Yeah, it was just like, hey, uh, check out the stuff that we unearthed from, like, somewhere in Egypt. I thought it was just about a guy that was just like, he just sat there and he went, aliens. Yeah. For, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> No, shows. Hey, check out this uh, weird thing that we found in you know the Amazon or whatever. Like, what if that was aliens? <laughs> weird, right? That's, I mean, that's the show. And then they cut to the guy and he goes, "Aliens." Yeah, fade to black. <laughs> it's like, how could humans have possibly made it? Because they're they're uh, with with ingenuity, <laughs> doors and walking. <laughs> it's like the the. the Continual question about how slaves could have made the pyramids of Egypt. It's like, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. It doesn't take aliens to lift giant fucking rocks. Or like Stonehenge. Also, why are we always assuming aliens are smarter than us? Yeah. I mean, if they have a ship for interplanetary travel, I mean, they're probably smarter than us. Well, that's a good point. But like... I don't know. Like, I am of the mindset that uh, there are probably life forms elsewhere in the world, intelligent life forms, uh, but that they've probably never been here. See, I've, I, I think I've said this on the show before. My theory is that Earth is like the bad neighborhood in the galaxy. Yeah. And so the, the parents are always like, whatever you do, like, here's here, you're 16,000 years old now. We got you a ship for your birthday. Because aliens live forever. Aliens live forever. So they're like, we got you a ship for your birthday. I want you to be careful. And whatever you do, don't go to Earth. And then his friends are like, bro, what if we just like buzz by? Yeah. And so all the stuff that we see is just, it's the the bad kids just buzzing by. But you're like, oh shit, we got so close that time. <laughs> you think they saw us? like that time that uh, I don't think you were with us. But, well, I was in L.A. with your cousin, and I th think it was our other friend. I don't think you were there that time. Your cousin kept, cousin, your cousin kept saying, well, let's, go to, let's go to Compton. Let's just drive through Compton. It's like, no, let's not drive through Compton. Yeah, let's not do that. Compton is not funny. <laughs> I don't care how many hood movies you've seen. Anyway, Taylor, aliens. Ground control to major tones. Seven, six, commencing countdown.
is on Three, two, check ignition And may God All right, so next up, uh, show favorite director, uh, Mike uh, Flanagan, a.k.a. Mike Flanagan of Ding Dong. Nobody calls him that. His family calls him that. Nobody has ever called him that. <laughs> Flanagan and Ding Dong. Um, is, uh, so mostly recently directed, I, I believe, was uh, um, Haunting a Blind Manor. I don't think he's done anything since then. Um, but he is signed on to direct an adaptation of Christopher, Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike's horror novel, The Season of Passage, for uh, Universal. Um, he's currently working... Okay, so he's working on something now. He's working on another Pike adaptation, The Midnight Club, as a series for Netflix, because I think Netflix owns his soul currently. Um, he's done a lot of stuff for Netflix. Mm-hmm. He did Bly Manor. He did... Hush. Hush. Was Hush Netflix? I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Uh, um... What was the first before Blind Manor? The Hill House. Thank you. Um, and also uh, Gerald's Game. Escape from Hill House. Um, the Season of Passage will be a feature adaptation of Pike's sci-fi horror novel uh, published in 1993. Flanagan is directing and also co-writing the screenplay with his brother James. Uh, also Flanagan and Ding Dong. That's their original name. It's definitely not. It's before, the, before the family came over from overseas, they changed their name to Flanagan. Because <laughs> Flanagan and Ding Dong was just too much. It's, it is a, too much. I, I agree with that part. <laughs> uh, Flanagan tweeted, this project has been a dream of mine since I was a teenager. I'm so excited to be collaborati- collaborating with my brother James and my partner in crime. Intrepid Picks. I don't know who that is. It's a Twitter tag or Twitter uh, handle, I assume, uh, on this epic horror movie in space for Universal Picks. Uh, plot is, the plot is a uh, secret for right now. Ex- Can't uh, be that secret if it's based on a book. Yeah. Was, well, so, however, the season of passage centers around celebrity Dr. Lauren. Celebrity Dr. Warren. Fuck. Lauren. Let me, let me center myself. <sighs> Ugh. Around, cele- <laughs> <laughs> around celebrity Dr. Lauren Wagner, who was involved in a manned expedition to Mars. Oh, you don't go to Mars. You always come back fucked up. <laughs> Just ask Matt Damon. Right. He, he was on Mars. He was, he was the Martian. Or Ice Cube. Uh, uh, right. Oh, yeah, those fucking ghosts. We all know about the ghosts. The ghosts of Mars. <laughs> the titular ghosts. <laughs> Um, uh, the whole world admired and respected her, but Lauren knew fear inside voices entreating her to love them outside, uh, the mystery of the missing group that had gone before her, the dead group, but were they, (laughs) but were they simply dead or something else? They're ghosts. Yeah. So this is Mars. So this is a prequel to ghosts of Mars (laughs) is what you're saying. Uh, which makes sense because I always wonder where the ghost came from. The dead group. Before uh, uh, fucking Ice Cube and Mila Jojovich in that too. Jojovich? Huh? Did you say Jojovich? 
Yes. <laughs> oh, it's yo it's yo-yo, right? She's a yo-yo. It's it's Jovovich. I don't think so. I don't think it's Jojo. I'm very sure that it is, but Jovovich. I thought you were just trying to be cute. <laughs> All right, well, there Jojo, we're... the Indian Circus boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. Ghost of Mars prequel coming at you from Mike Flanagan and Ding Dong. And this is definitely going to star his wife, right? Uh, Probably as Lauren Wagner. Yeah. Has she been in his most recent stuff? I don't think she was in the the Haunting of series. Oh, no, she wasn't. She wasn't Hill House. She, yeah, she wasn't Hill House. I don't know if she was in Bly Manor. I can't remember. I know she's like been branching out and actually doing some stuff without him. So hey, Sherry Mood Zombie, <laughs> learn a thing. Listen, listen in. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, this doesn't really sound up my alley, but like you said, I'm I'm a big fan of Mike Flanagan. So yeah, yeah it's Netflix, so you know, it free. Don't no, no this is this is for Universal. This one's not Netflix. Oh, that's right. Sorry, the other thing was the other Christopher Pike story. Right. Have, is it just me or does Flanagan say that a lot of things are his dream project? Remember all those Stephen King adaptations he was supposed to do that were all his dream project? Yeah. Like you can't. Well, I mean, I guess you can have as many dreams as you want, but I mean, realistically. Oh, man, I had a weird one last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want me to go into it? I, it sounded like you were setting yourself up. To oh, um, so it, we were in Las Vegas. We for just a bunch of people. Okay, it was for my buddy's wedding, who he he got married a couple months ago, um, not in Vegas, just and he did like a virtual wedding and stuff. He just got married in general. Yeah, <laughs> but so we were there for that, and at one point, I, I think it was you, me, and his fiance, and and somebody else, but I don't know who the other person was. We all got on this train and rode somewhere, and then we were breaking into this house to rob these people. Sounds like us. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's because why wouldn't we, you and I, and some other random guy be throwing a bachelorette party? Must be like because we were there with his fiance yeah. to to uh, you know just do some little light B and E. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> but so we broke in, and I like either saw some photos or something, and I was like, these people are newlyweds. I cannot do this. <clears throat> so I left, and I just walked around the neighborhood until you guys were done. <laughs> coward but you got caught uh, but then i got caught too because somebody saw that i was with you and then narked <laughs> yeah <laughs> some old neighbor stupid old man um when i get out i'm gonna kill you <laughs> and so we were like in their house and they were watching the security footage trying to decide what to do with us and that was when i woke up <laughs> that makes no sense no it does does not <laughs> i don't have many dreams like at least the ones that i remember i usually don't either but and it's like this isn't gonna be an interesting story because i can't remember what the dream was i blame the pfizer oh yeah <laughs> went straight to my head just a fever dream uh yeah i had like i, I can't remember what the dream was because it was several weeks ago at this point but i had like the weirdest fucking dream and it was even weirder because like i said i just i don't have dreams for me so for me to have a dream and then on top of it be really fucking weird was just uh, really out of the blue. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. This one goes out from the bottom of our hearts to the most important lady in our lives. It's time to pay some respect. I hope you're proud of us because we're proud of you. Mama, you raised me right. Mama, show me the light. So, several years ago on this very show, we talked about a movie called Goodnight Mommy, German film. Are you taking over on the story? Was this not mine? No, you just did the Flanagan one. Oh, was your, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, if, you want, if you want to take point, go for it. But I mean. You've already started now. Now it's awkward. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. We watched a German movie called. Uh, Austrian. Was it Austrian? It was Austrian. That's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh called good night mommy uh i distinctly remember really not liking it yeah i don't think either of us i think you disliked it more but neither one of us liked it very much i tend to have stronger opinions yeah especially <laughs> back then <laughs> yeah. yeah i like like now you'll be like i didn't care for this but back then you'd been like fuck this movie <laughs> yeah and i think i probably did <laughs> and it, like to even to this day, I'll still do that because, like, sometimes movies will get so. Sometimes f- movies need to get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes movies and everybody involved with them need to go fuck themselves. Um, but is like what what drives me insane is when people or when movies get so hyped for no reason. It's like people were just talking that movie up so yeah. much. And it's like why? What? This, there's nothing really good about this and like on top of that there's nothing like like stupendous there's nothing like noteworthy that you should be making a big deal about what what are you talking about and so that just like compounds and makes me even more upset (laughs) and i take it out on the movie (laughs) tony's like how dare someone like this it's not so much that it's like what are you fucking talking about pull your fucking finger out of your ass like nobody's impressed that you like this movie. That's not good. It's not <laughs> impressing me. Uh, anyway, but I've 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 toned that down. I think I try not to take hype personally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, didn't like Good Night, Mommy. Uh, just because it was boring as fuck. I mean, it wasn't really like a bad movie. It just was boring. I, th- I think I remember like the ending being really predictable. <sighs> Uh, I couldn't say like it's, it's been so long at this point. I remember how it ends. I just don't remember whether or not. I yeah, that's the way I am too. But I, I feel like I remember seeing it coming. Um, well, uh, good news guys. It's getting the, that old classic American remake. Cause, Cause why not? Um, I feel like we might've talked about this on the show before. Cause this has been in the works since 2018, but it's like finally actually happening now. Really? Well, um, yeah, so the original movie came out in 2014. Uh, Amazon is uh, now casting the current uh, remake. Uh, it's, so far, Variety is saying that Naomi Watts has uh, taken the lead role as the titular mommy. Um, and uh, she's also going to EP uh, the movie. Uh, oh, okay. So, and the original filmmakers are also going to be executive producers. Uh, Kyle Warren wrote the script for the for the remake uh, with Matt Sobel. Uh, 
uh, from taking you to the river. I'm not, oh, and he's directing. I'm not taking you to the river. Dude. That's a Talking Heads song. Sure, I'm sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know some movie. Never heard of it. I think it's actually a Whitney Houston song that they covered, but really, I think so. Don't quote me. Isn't that from like the seventies? Um. Anyway, so that's happening. No, it's it's not. I'm wrong. Okay, then shut up, idiot. <laughs> uh, the plot to the original film, which we have to assume will be somewhat similar to the remake. Uh, Elias and his twin brother, Lucas, arrive at their mother's house to find her face covered in bandages. The result, she explains, of recent cosmetic surgery. Lucas delights in their mother's uncharacteristically lax house rules, but in Elias' mind, a dreadful thought takes root. The sinking suspicion that this woman beneath the gauze, who's making their food and sleeping in the next room, isn't really their mother. Um, And it's like... Like, that's a pretty good premise. Yeah, I can see potential in that plot. Yeah. Just what I watched on screen... Wasn't it? Sucked. <laughs> Wasn't it, Chief? <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the kids are saying, though. No. Yeah? Yeah, they say that. That's not it, Chief. So so Chief is coming back, then? <laughs> I think it, it's only in that context. I don't think you can just call people Chief. Oh, because I call people Chief. I think that's a boomer thing. <laughs> I call Chief, or Super Chief, or... <laughs> Chieftain. <laughs> Super chief then. Chiefy. I don't say chiefy. Nobody says chiefy. Uh, yep. Chief Supreme. And also, it was subtitled, which, I mean, years of experience on the show, or, you know, years of listening to the show will uh, get you very well-versed on how I feel about subtitles. Spoiler alert. He doesn't like them. I hate them. It's like... And what what makes me hate them even more, again, is the people that are like, oh, well, God forbid an American watch a movie with subtitles. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Why the fuck would I not want to watch a movie in my native language? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can read. I can read probably better than you. But I don't want to because I'm watching a movie, not reading a book. So fuck you. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, so you're it. excited about this then? Hmm? You're excited about this because it'll be in English. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's what's really going to uh, uh, nail it for me is the fact that now it's going to be in English. So now it's going to be a stellar movie. Because that's what was holding it back. The slasher classic Slumber Party Massacre is finally coming into the new age with its own remake. Yes! Uh, get this. Danishka Esterhazy, who directed the Banana Splits movie, go back and listen to our review of that one, mm. uh, is directing for Shout Studios with the script being written by Suzanne Kelly of Ash vs. Evil Dead. That's, not, that's I, not too bad. I'm kind of on board. <laughs> Uh, the bad news is this is coming to sci-fi. Oh, no. <laughs> um, what I mean, I guess uh, Banana Splits was on sci-fi. 
Yeah, and they had like an unrated version that you could rent on VOD. Yeah, I, I guess I guess they, if they do the same thing, I don't know. You you can't remake Slumber Party Massacre for TV. You just can't do it. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I mean, like you know, anything with the word massacre in it, it just doesn't work. Unless it's like I'm about to massacre these cupcakes or something. I don't know. I would I would watch a cooking show called Cupcake Massacre. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's it's got the word massacre in it, so that's what pulls oh, you in. Dude, let's make a horror themed cooking show and sell it to Netflix and we host it. Isn't that like uh No, but like all the time. Not just like Halloween Wars. Oh, okay. I remember uh there was this show that was on Netflix. Um, I think it was called like the curious world of, Oh yeah. Yeah. Kristen, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Christine McGonigal. The, I think was her name. Was the something creation, the curious creations. Some, yeah. Something like that of such and such a person. Yes. Of, of the person that you may <laughs> mentioned, uh, before, um, I, I was watching it. And I'm like, this this is homicide a homemaker. Yeah. <laughs> she basically just just bit her style like right off. Uh yeah. Anyway, we're making Cupcake Massacre. Don't steal that. That's ours. That's ours now. <laughs> uh the cast for Slumber Party Massacre includes Hannah Gonera, Francis Sholto Douglas, Mila Rain, Alex McGregor, and Rose Tiana Wessels. Yeah, I don't know any of those people. I don't know any of those people. I'll bet they're all Canadian. Mm. <laughs> the film's plot is under wraps, but it's said to be a reimagining of the original. Go figure. Uh, in the original movie produced by Roger Corman, a female high school student slumber party tunes into a bloodbath as a newly escaped psychotic serial killer wielding a power drill prowls her neighborhood. He does have a power drill. And he does prowl. It's like a big... It's like this. It does this thing. Yeah. He does the creep. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? Uh, off and on. I've, I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. Never watched it before. I think it was because when it came out, I was not on board with Andy Samberg. Something about it I, just bugged me. Yeah, I think he. It was, this was kind of like when he was like too hot. Yeah. Oh, he's so hot right now. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't care about any Sandberg anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he bugs me. Yeah. Like, there's just too much. Yeah. Um, but now I've. Now you can appreciate I it. Can, I can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's got a great cast. Like the whole cast is really. Yeah. Funny. I mean, the, the times I've watched it, I enjoyed it. I've just never actually just like binge watched it or anything. Yeah. A- Andre Brower is like so fucking funny. Because he's so deadpan all the time. Is that the chief? Yeah. And uh, he, the way he talks to people, I was t- <laughs> when we started watching it, I, I, he was, the way he was addressing people and talking to them, I was just like, this is how I wish I could talk to people. <laughs> like just brutal honesty with no emotion. <laughs> this is how I wish I could talk to just everyone in my life. But people don't, people don't like that. No, you're not on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but if I was on a comedy show, I could do that all the time. Yeah. You would just be like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. And people would find it endearing. Um, 
Yeah. Slumber Party Massacre coming to sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi's got some good stuff. I mean, I mean Chucky's coming out on sci-fi. It's true. I mean, I haven't personally watched it, but Resident a- Alien is apparently really good. I mean, it's uh, Alan Tudyk. Well, sure. Um, but, I mean, that... I mean, Bla- Bana- 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 Banana Splits movie was... Oh, I thought you were going to say Ben Affleck. No. <laughs> no. Like... You white, uh, you Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, the Banana Splits movie was, was pretty good. I um, liked Blood Drive for the first couple episodes, and it got a little too weird. Mm. Was was I never watched it? I'm I'm just now realizing that was James Roday actually in it? I don't think so. He At just, least not in the first couple episodes. He just produced it. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Good lord. Side note: I told you I've been watching Psych, and after the last episode on Amazon. They have like the uh, the rap party episode that they did on USA. Um, just basically the cast just kind of sitting around talking about the show. Uh, James Roday is like the polar opposite of Sean Spencer. Oh, yeah. He's so quiet uh, and his his humor is very subtle. Hmm. Like when he makes jokes, it's just kind of like, you know, like kind of like, you know, look little, at the camera. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Okay. I can I can get behind that. I, I like I like the kind of goofy, like immature humor that they have on the show, but also I like that kind of humor. Yeah, that you have to like pay attention to to get. Um. Anyway, but yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine, good stuff. Um. And Slumber Party Massacre. And Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> but I like I watched it. Um. The original uh, a few months ago. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what prompted me to watch it. I just kind of picked it out. Of we my... were going to do an episode on it. Were we? Yeah. For, oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For Women in Horror Month until that drama. I, I must have maybe... Maybe I just watched it... No, it was longer ago than that. I, either way, I watched it semi-recently, and I hadn't watched it since before that since, like, junior high. Uh, and I was like, this... This isn't great. <laughs> People just love that movie. Like I don't, I don't get it. It's it's like it's not super horrific. Uh, it's not super gory. The acting is terrible, <laughs> and the the killer is like stupid. It's like seriously, it's a guy in a denim jacket carrying around a power drill with like a three foot long drill on it or a drill bit. It's like, I mean, whatever. But this is not working for me. Anyway, but maybe it'll be different this time. Good. Now you can talk about this story because it's stupid. I hate this. <laughs> Thanks. That's why you let me do it, huh? No, you just started talking. <laughs> you could have taken over. I could have. But you wanted to set me up for failure. <laughs> uh, okay, so we talked about this a long time ago. Oh, so long ago. It was probably like the early years of the show, I think. Uh, Kevin Smith, uh, in his resin-coated brain, uh, has come up with several ideas, usually... In the course of recording one of his podcasts, 
So, you know, those are very ingenious, fleshed out ideas. Um, including Kilroy was here, which is a horror comedy creature anthology inspired by the graffiti that was used pretty prominently during uh, World War II. Yeah, even if you don't like know Kilroy by name, I guarantee you've seen it. It's like two eyes and usually hands. Like it looks like they're over a wall or something, and then the nose like hangs down. Yeah, big dick looking nose hanging yeah. down on the wall. <laughs> um, uh, so is this has this been made? It's done. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he's already made the movie, um, and instead of selling it to a studio through normal means, he's selling it as an NFT. Now, for those of you at home who are not familiar with NFT, stands for non-fungible token. Uh, it grew in, in popularity when um, uh, cryptocurrency became very popular um, because cryptocurrency in itself is sort of a non-fungible token. Uh, but now artists, uh, filmmakers apparently, uh, are using it to sell digital works. Now, how that works is if you owned the very, like this is the example I've heard countless times, so I'll just use this one too. Uh, if you were in possession of the very first file of a JPEG, for instance, if you owned the- Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> I just want a picture of a hot dog. <laughs> if you owned the very first file with the extension JPG, uh, you know, the very first image, whatever it may be, and you could in some way verify this, this is the true and original JPEG file. You could then sell that file, not a copy of it, but sell the file itself now, I don't know the inner workings of this, so don't dig. I mean, do your own research and don't take my word as gospel. But if you could sell the true and original file to someone as an NFT, that could be you know exchanged for currency. So that, I mean, in a lot of, like I said, artists are doing it. I know um, like comic book artists are doing it because so much work has moved to digital. And, you know, like, you know, even the, the popular comic book artists that would sell works to DC, Marvel, whoever, they'd sell paper and they'd send it to the, to the editor to be inked and colored and, and so on and so forth. Nowadays, so much work has moved to just strictly digital work that they don't have those originals to sell anymore because they can make their nut off of selling, selling those original works. Now they're selling NFTs of this digital work. So uh, I, I guess it's progress. I don't know. So uh, it sounds I like keep hearing about how they're terrible for the environment. I don't fully understand how or why, but it all seems stupid to me. Yeah. I don't really like all this stuff with cryptocurrency and uh, NFTs and stuff. I just feel like I was like an old person at the beginning of the internet <laughs> where they're just like, well, that's stupid. That'll never catch on. Yeah. Yeah, I have some Bitcoin that I bought like right after it spiked, you know, a few years ago. 
uh, and then it immediately plunged. So I just <laughs> lost a bunch of money. Uh, not a bunch of money. I didn't put that much into it be- to begin with. But at this point, Bitcoin is higher than it's ever been. So I've made quite a bit of money off of it. I'm not, like, not about to retire on it or anything, but... Uh, $47. Well, it's like I've invested a total of probably about $30. And my total Bitcoin worth is like 150 So it's gone up pretty substantially. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so Kevin Smith is selling his new movie as an NFT. Don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. Because nobody else wants it. Yeah, like I can only imagine it's because, yeah, a studio doesn't like, want to buy yeah, it. Imagine pitching this to a studio. Yeah, so just some random jagoff with too much money is going to just buy a, a movie. And it's like, this is my movie now. Yeah, and then he's either going to distribute it and make a lot of money off that, or he's going to sell it to a studio and make a lot of money off that. Yeah. <laughs> or he's just going to have it and just be like, mine. <laughs> uh, Deadline reports that Smith has made the highly unique decision to sell off Kilroy was here as NFT. Granting the buyer the rights to release and stream it. Uh, Deadline is saying the owner of the NFT will secure the rights to exhibit, distribute, and stream the work, making it a means for whoever owns the movie to earn money outside of the blockchain. Uh, Smith said, uh, back in 94, we took clerks up to Sundance and sold it. Selling Kilroy as an NFT feels very similar. Whoever buys it could choose to monetize it uh, traditionally or simply own a film that nobody ever sees but them. Uh, if I like was like a really big, like Kevin Smith fan and I had money, uh, but it's like, you know, like, man, I just want the best for you, Kevin. I would not put this movie out. I, I would, <laughs> I would buy it and bury it because I can all but guarantee this movie's talk shit. Have you, there's a trailer. Is there? Yeah. And it, it looks ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Like good ridiculous. No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so then I just bury it. It's got Chris Jericho in it. <sighs> that's that's never good. No. Like uh, uh, that movie he put his stupid daughter in. Um, All of them? Yeah, I guess everything that he's done in the last five years or so. Yeah, she's in this. Of course she is. Yeah, I just, I'd buy all of those and just never let them see the light of day. It's like, Kevin, I want you to maintain. This is for your own good. Yeah, I want you to maintain your legacy of putting out good movies. <laughs> I mean, you already put out Yoga Hosers, so I think we're, we're too late. That's the one I was thinking of, Yoga, yoga Hosers. Um, yeah, if I could go back and, like, like if I could go back in time, like, yeah, you know. We have to go back. <laughs> if I could go back, like, 15 years ago, get a good job at a studio, move my way up so I could get in a prime position to buy Yoga Hosers, I would buy it and then never distribute it. Yeah. Just, it's like, Kevin, I, uh, I care about you too much to let you do this to yourself. Like, Jane Silent Bob reboot was okay. I mean, it was definitely the weakest of the Jane Silent Bob movies because mm-hmm. it was more like, look how many famous friends I have. Yeah. But it was at least better than like Yoga Hosers and, and the other nonsense. Yeah, his last good stupid movie was tusk yeah and most people don't like don't like tusk so so yeah just like stick with the viewisk universe i i don't know why he ever moved away from that yeah like that's fucking money man yeah (laughs) anyway 
Anyway, R.I.P. Kevin Smith's career. Well, he is a former filmmaker. He doesn't actually make movies anymore, right. if you ask him. <laughs> How many movies has he made since he retired from filmmaking? Four? At least. I was going to say ten. <laughs> Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. All right. So that's horror business, guys. We made it. That was a mess. And it's only an hour. Really? That felt like so long. After all that fucking ranting at the beginning, it's still only an hour. I don't know how we managed that. And I went on that whole tirade about my stupid dream. We we went... This was probably setting a record for tirades and, and rants and just completely unrelated bullshit. We still made great time. All right. Well, let's keep the streak going, guys. Let's move on to some film reviews. All right, so two films, two Shutter exclusives. Well, no. sort of. They're Shutter films. Yeah, only one. We thought Shutter. they were Shutter exclusives. Yeah, one of them is, the other one, not. Like Shutter, stop making movies and not putting them on your platform. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, like they'll put it on. So they'll put out movies and they'll put it on VOD, uh, and then then they'll put it on Shutter months later. Yeah. It's like, I, I guess I can understand, you know, trying to make that nut, but the nut. Give me that nut. <laughs> but it's it's extremely inconvenient for me. Give me that pineapple fried rice nut. It's like, can you imagine having to rent Netflix originals? Oh, that would, I, I wouldn't. I, no. I would not do that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we've got the uh, Breyer Grant film Lucky. And the Barbara Crampton uh, film, Jacob's Wife. Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Jacob's Wife. How do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? You make plans for things. Life happens. I want to live a bigger life. You know, Anne, I am surprised that you wound up marrying Jacob. Whatever happened to the adventurous Anne? Oh, this is so tempting. I just can't do it to Jacob. teeth coming in what and how oh, good you're home get changed i'd like to go out 40 years i've known this woman every day the same now i don't know who i'm coming home to how much of that could i get you want the blood i feel more alive than i have in years hey mrs fetter you all right mrs fetter Why didn't you tell me when this first happened? 
I felt ashamed. As you should. Husbands, love your wife. He who loves his wife loves himself. So effed up! That looks heavy. I want to make my own decisions from now on. You ever see something you couldn't explain, Sheriff? <laughs> you don't know how to fight for me because you've never done it. <sighs> Give me the strength to save her soul! <laughs> we need to finish this! <laughs> You gonna write this one up, deputy? Domestic dispute. Nonviolent. Okay, so Jacob's wife. I want to preface this. Now, typically, when I'm watching movies for the show, uh, I will watch the one that Taylor's going to be taking the lead on first. And, you know, depending on how into it I am. I'll probably pay less attention to it than I would with the one that I'm going to be leading the review on. I thought Taylor was doing this one. (laughs) So I was probably not paying as much attention to it as I should have. And there's little to no plot information on the internet uh, to guide me. So I'm going to do the best I can. (laughs) All right, so Jacob's Wife, directed by uh, Travis Stevens, starring Larry Fessenden and the ever-lovely Babs. The incomparable. Barbara Crampton, or B. Cramp, as she was known in the early 90s. I don't think so. During her short-lived rap career. None of this sounds right. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. That's right. Oh, um, I'm right. What did you say the guy's name was? Trevor Stevens. Travis Stevens. Travis. Uh, he he directed the girl on the second floor. Well, there you go. Which explains why CM Punk is in this. He is. He's the deputy. Towards the end. Really? You didn't wow. recognize him? No. <laughs> With the mustache. No, I didn't recognize him at all. That was Phil. Oh, there you go. Um. Okay. So. Uh, wait. Okay, now now that you say that, like, okay, yeah, I can tell that was him. Anyway, so Jacob's wife um, centers around Jacob and his wife. Jacob. Uh, yeah, Jacob is a uh, local minister in, a, in just a small town. So different. <laughs> like, like, the mustache is what's really throwing me. Yeah. Like, I've seen him with a beard, but just the mustache is... Anyway, um, yeah, so Jacob, played by Larry Fessenden, uh, is the local minister in just some small town. They don't say where this is. I don't think so. It's kind of small town USA, I guess. Um, And uh, Barbara Crampton plays his wife, Anne. Um, They live a very, you know, devout life, um, very uh, quiet and re- kind of retiring, um, as you would probably expect from a lot of small town ministers and their and their wives slash families. Um, Annie, or they do call her Annie, right? I'm not just imagining that. 
I don't think so. No? I think most people just call her Anne. Okay, well, Anne. Maybe Jacob calls her Annie. But. Okay. Um, Anne, you can kind of tell just, you know, my look in her eye and the way she carries herself when she's kind of carrying out these minister's wife duties that she's not content in she's her not life. about that life yeah um and uh yeah but she you know she carries on just kind of uh, you know her day-to-day routine you know she wakes up makes jacob his breakfast as he goes off to the church to do whatever it is that pastors do every day. Like I don't aside aside from like writing sermons, I don't know what pastors do all week because <laughs> that's like usually their job, like their full time position. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but she stays home. She does her aerobics. She does her gardening, um, and you know, whatever else. Just kind of hangs out. Yeah, you know, as a lot of. Housewives do, I, I guess. I think it's dinner ready by the time he comes home. Right. Um, now, this is something that I didn't catch, but I thought that Taylor would kind of pick up the slack here. So there is an old mill in town that's being renovated for something. I didn't catch what they were doing with it. I, I don't know that they specified because I didn't either. But she was okay. somehow involved in it. Yeah, it seemed like she was kind of heading up the project or, you know, the planning committee or whatever whatever it is. Uh, she had kind of made it her personal pet project to, to get it done. She tells Jacob that, you know, in the process of getting this place renovated, she has contacted, um, shit, what was his name? Tom? Tom. Yeah. Her, Tom, Tom Lowe or Tom, uh, who we find out is a former lover of hers. A lover in the nighttime. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, Um So Tom shows up in the town and they meet for dinner. Um, and, you know, like what, what kind of like really opens up the, the door to show you how, uh, unsatisfied that you know Anne is with her life, you know she's getting all dolled up to go meet Tom, which is supposed to be like a business meeting, because he's an architect, right? Architect or engineer? I don't know. One of the two, and he's going to be kind of helping and kind of leading this renovation of this old mill building. Um, <clears throat> he uh. So she goes out and she's yeah, she's getting, you know, as gussied up as a you know uh pious housewife can get. Yeah. Um she puts on red lipstick. Yeah, and then immediately wipes it off because I don't know, maybe she thinks it's too slutty or something. Yeah. She goes to meet Tom and you know, they're sitting and they're having some drink and some smoke and <laughs> they're not smoking. Um but, uh, you know, after a few drinks, they decide to drive out to this mill building so Tom can see it. And, um, yeah, they're just kind of walking around. And that's when Tom, uh, the lusty, lusty sir that he is, uh, moves in on Anne, gives her a little kiss. And she's kind of into it. But then she's like, no, I can't. 
but you can. <laughs> oh, but you can. Uh, yeah, and Tom's just like, you know, you, you know, the reason I Tom's pretty respectful about it overall. Yeah, but he's you know he's kind of like, are, are you actually happy? You know, I I, I came. <laughs> I just want you to be happy. <laughs> we haven't talked in thirteen years, but I just really want you to be happy. I want you to be happy with my dick. Um, but yeah, he's like, you know, you don't seem like you're really all that satisfied in, in your life or your relationship. Um, and he's, and he's basically, you know, said, you know, this project, what really brought, you know, drew me in and brought me to it was you. Um, and you know, ladies love that stuff. (laughs) So they start, uh, kind of, you know, working on their night moves. <laughs> um, and uh, they're sitting on these crates, and the crates start to kind of rumble, and the and the, uh, the lids start to flap up. Uh, Tom opens one, and it's just full of rats. Just rats and rats and rats. Uh, they like s- that ghost song. Yeah, you, you've heard it. <laughs> it goes, rats. Yep. And, uh, I think that's literally how it goes. Yeah. That's that. That is the. Chorus. That's the hook. Just rats, 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 and uh, so the rats start to attack him, crawling up his arms onto his face, biting the shit out of him. Um, does he get sucked into the crate? Is that what happens? Or I guess she. So Anne starts to freak out and tries to run away, and she's stopped by this big shadow behind her, and then we cut away i think back at home when ann shows up just kind of out of it her coat all buttoned up backtracking real quick i I like the way that they did the scene with with tom because it's like you know they kind of start necking Mm -hmm. and he starts like kissing her neck and the music gets all like dramatic and you're like oh he's the he's the vampire he's gonna bite her then you know she puts the brakes on everything yeah and so it's, it's a fun little little twist yeah a twist yeah it, the twist has been twisted again <laughs> uh yeah um you know i don't know if it was just something i was imagining but like i, I probably should have gone back and watched it again but the shadow that pops up behind Anne, it like throws up like this these big like almost like batwing you know, sh- big like shadows, and I could swear I saw like some like glowing eyes or something. There, there's a couple parts where they did glowing eyes. So. Did, okay, yeah, I mean, like, like this is a vampire movie. I mean, I guess I should have announced that to begin with. Anyway, so they, uh, yeah, so Annie goes home, Anne goes home, and uh, you know, Jacob's like, "Are you, are you okay?" You know, what's what's wrong with you and just nothing um you know. going to bed yeah go go going right to bed she goes up and she opens up her coat in the bathroom and her from her neck down she is just covered in blood um and uh i think the next i think it just jumps right to the next morning right yeah and um she is already starting to f- change like her personality the way she carries herself is becoming very different she's like exhibiting a lot of more confidence um and she all. dances with a little lamp that was so weird <laughs> like 
of all the things in this, and you know, when I watch a movie with Larry Fessenden, I often expect it to be some kind of like, you know, elevated horror movie or whatever. This is not that. This is just kind of a run in the middle horror. Yeah. Um, and like when I knew it was a vampire movie, I really half expected it to just be to be like, oh, you know, they're metaphorical vampires. Oh, good God. It's like, fuck you. But no, it's actual vampires, which is refreshing. Um, but she's, she's been written by a vampire. Um, and I got bit by a fucking vampire. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's, she's starting to kind of slowly change, and, and Jacob's starting to take notice that something's off about her. Um, and, you know, elsewhere in town, people are kind of being either lured into the mill or just being attacked on the street by this master vampire. There was a girl, what was her name? Um, Amelia? Was that yeah. Her? She gets picked up off the street. Um, and you see her earlier in the film as one of the parishioners at Jacob's church. Um, and, you know, she gets taken out, picked up off the street and just disappears. And so the police start coming around asking Jacob and Anne, you know, when they saw her last, because she is a parishioner at the church. Um, and so just as, as Jacob and Anne start to become more and more familiar with what's going on, that Anne has become a vampire and is slowly, you know, getting this bloodlust and is kind of sharing some kind of connection with the master vampire. Um, meanwhile, the local police are starting to, you know, take notice of all these missing people, you know, Amelia, Tom, who, you know, is known to be in town from, from elsewhere. Um, and just, you know, disappeared. Um, anyway, so it's just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Jacob's like in this position where like, how do I save my wife? How do I live with a vampire? Yada, yada, yada. And, and, you know, kind of just like, well, you know, I'm a vampire and that sucks, but. <laughs> sucks. Huh? Sucks. Uh, you, you got it. <laughs> um, but she's like, but I kind of like myself now. Yeah, she like goes to the grocery store and she like puts her finger in the meat blood at the butcher and she's like, how much of that can I have? Yeah, has like, you want the blood? Yeah, and she just goes home with bags of blood. <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of movies and TV shows, usually vampire movies, um, where they'll just have collections of blood that they've gotten from a butcher. Yeah. And they make it seem like it's just, it's no big deal. Right. You just go to a butcher and say, hey, you know, give me some of your pig blood. And they're like, okay. <laughs> right. And, but. They're like, 30, 30 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I, I, I've never bothered to try myself. It's like, can you go to a butcher and just say, hey, give me, give me your finest blood? Yeah. Are they really not going to care? Yeah. It's like. They're not going to be like, sure, here you go. Call the police. <laughs> And, you know, I was actually sitting there when I should have been paying more attention to the movie, uh, thinking, it's like, is there, would there be a legitimate reason to go to the butcher and ask for a pint of blood? Uh, I have no idea. It's like, what would you use it for? Yeah. 
I don't think there's any kind of recipe where it's like, now make sure you, you know, f- thoroughly soak the steak in blood. Right. Um, there's definitely ones where it's like, you know, make sure you preserve the juices and pour them on top. But it's, you don't have to add extra. <laughs> yeah. You don't add extra blood. You just kind of use the stuff that's there. Um, and it's like, if you've still got blood in your steak, then you haven't cooked it enough. Right. I, I don't understand people that can eat rare steak. I, that's sickening to me. I usually go medium or medium rare. Medium, yeah, medium rare, that's fine. But when you're talking rare, where it's like almost entirely pink on the inside, that's no bueno. It depends on the steak. No, sir. No, sir, I don't like it. You eat your steak with ketchup, too, you heathen? <laughs> no, I don't put anything on my steak. If I'm ordering a steak at a restaurant, I expect it to come out the way I'm supposed to eat it. <laughs> you don't like steak sauce? A1? No. no? I, I've never liked steak sauce. I, I, I tried it when I was a kid and just never never did anything for me. Hmm. Uh, this, yeah. movie, uh, this movie did teach us what quells a vampiric thirst. And all it took was a fat chronic blunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a point where... You know, Jacob's kind of coming to terms with the fact that Anne's a, a vampire. Uh, and, and earlier in the movie, she, he had confiscated uh, a, a big fat dude from um, <laughs> from some kid that was smoking in, at the church parking lot. Like, like, of all the places in town you could go, you pick the church parking lot and you sit on the hood of the pastor's car. Right? It's like, are you... And then he acts so fucking indignant when Jacob's like, hey... Don't do that. <laughs> It's illegal. Get out of here. Yeah, he's just like, fuck you. He's like, fuck you, narc. He doesn't say narc, but he's like, I fucking hate old white dudes. Like, aren't you white? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe he wasn't, but he looked white. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hate old white dudes. I hate old so. white dudes, too. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then he like he like smoking with her. I'm just like a pot smoking priest, and I was like, wait, I literally played a pot smoking priest in the range. <laughs> There's no scene of me smoking, but in the the scene where we're in my living room, if you look in the background, there's a stash box. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I remember Adam putting that out, and I was just like, you know, he's a priest, right? <laughs> he was like, eh, it's the '70s. <laughs> Pot's- Barely. <laughs> The pot smoking sports car driving breeze <laughs> get you closer to God, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the Catholic Church would have very, very uh, strong words about a pot smoking priest. <laughs> um. Anyway, so and uh, yeah, the, you know, like I said, there's a master vampire uh, who. Looks basically like a replication of Barlow from uh, Schind- uh, Schindler's List. What? <laughs> what? Salem's Lot. <laughs> uh, you know, the old one from the 70s. Uh, uh, can, you know, kind of like a Nos- Nosferatu look. Mm-hmm. Um, except this one had more of a, a rat look to it. Played by... Um, what was her name? Uh, Bonnie Aarons, who played the nun in the titular nun. Who? Wait, who's she playing this? The master. The master was a woman. You couldn't tell. No. Oh, yeah. Although I did, I did think it sounded like RuPaul. 
Like the, vo- the voice sounded like RuPaul. Yeah, I mean, like to me, I mean, it was definitely a woman's voice that had, you know, some. Yeah, it was it was modulation on it, strongly modulated. Um, but what I, I didn't understand why they they cast a woman to play a, a man because they kept calling and saying he he yeah, and like I before you know the ending when it all everything kind of came to a head. I thought that they were just calling the master he because they didn't know that it was a woman. Mm. But as far as I can tell, it was actually a man played by a woman, and I I didn't understand. Like, why? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, other than, I mean, she's she's creepy-looking lady. Is she? You haven't seen her? No. Oh, I mean, like in the you've seen the nun. I'm not. No, no I haven't seen. No, the nun. not the movie, but the character. Oh, yeah. That that's her. That's not makeup. <laughs> like, I mean, she has like gray skin and you know, and her shadows accentuated. But like that big nose, that's hers. She's a, she's a scary lady. <laughs> she looks like a vampire. She does look like a vampire. Like this? Like I saw this picture. It was <laughs> like, like an elf here. Oh, damn it. No wonder my battery keeps... Fuck. Somehow I turned on my touch screen again. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. Um, yeah, I saw that picture and I kept thinking that was like a pointy ear. Yeah, it totally looks like it. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, so so I mean, that's, that's the basic premise of the movie. Uh, you know... Every, like I said, the cops are investigating all these missing people, uh, and they kind of start to notice that the common thread is Jacob and Anne. So naturally, they start sniffing around, um, and you know, CM Punk, he's a real prick. Yeah. Like, he's a sheriff's deputy. Like, the sheriff, like, he knows Jacob and Anne really well. I think he may even be a parishioner. I'm not sure. But, you know... The the deputy who I'm not even Colton sure. was that his name yeah uh, he is just a real hard ass uh, just like a he's like one of those cops is just like a prick for no reason yep pretty much um, and uh, yeah so what do you think it was pretty good you know um, there's parts of it that were like really schlocky yeah. Some of the gore effects and stuff were like super campy. There's a scene where like one of the, somebody has a knife, and first of all, why does everybody use these chopping knives in movies where they're like round on the front? Those aren't for stabbing; those are for chopping. Get a pointy knife if you're like, going to be stabbing, like a um, um, Sentoku knife. I don't know what that means. You know, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> That's yeah, that, yes, but they're for choppy choppy, not for st- stabby stabby. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're pretty fucking sharp. So you and I'm pretty sure in both of these movies, they use them for stabbing. <laughs> no, in Lucky, they definitely had the, sh- the standard chef's knife, like a, like your Mike, your standard Michael Myers knife. Okay. Well, in this one, the guy's got one of those, and he's like swinging it wildly while being held from behind, and it's just like, <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, an episode of Scrubs? It was so campy and cheesy. Um, I, you know, I love me a good vampire and, you know, when you make them really grotesque and monstrous that I I like that even more, this was not working for me. 
like it seemed like they lifted the style like directly from Salem's Lot, mm-hmm. except it was not the makeup wasn't good. Um, and like you know, she's wearing like this headpiece, um, you know, to give her like this bald head, but you can see the seam in the latex. Oh, I didn't notice. Like over the top of the head. I know there was like a lot of like crackling and stuff to try and hide some of the imperfections. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and you know, it's just like you don't need to put like a full like headpiece on, especially when you when it's a character that's like slender. Just put a bald cap on and uh, call it good. Yeah. Um. But and uh, you know we're we're like bar lar. Uh, Barlow in Salem's Lot, you know, had the the two big, you know, sharp teeth in the front. They were kind of like curved, so they it almost like came to a V. Yeah, this one. In this one, I meant sorry. Yeah, yeah, in this one, it uh, looked a lot like a rat, which I I kind of wonder if the rats were supposed to be like like his version of bats or whatever. Yeah, which I was not keen on. It's like no, I mean I. You know, I feel like people have tried to reinvent vampires so many different ways, and I just don't like any of them. <laughs> like, vampires are either just vampires or, you know, they can change into bats or wolves. That is the lore. Right. They're not lizards. <laughs> They're not rats. It's like, just just leave it alone. Like, just because a story's old and, like, it's been, you know, the ca- a certain kind of character has been used over and over doesn't mean you can't still use it. Like, how many fucking times have they re- remade Dracula? Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Babs and uh, Fessenden, they were, they were both really good. Um, I, I enjoyed them. Bev pumped her titty out. Yeah, I was not expecting that. No. Like, I don't... I think the last time that I was aware of her doing any kind of nudity was probably like... The animator. For me. You know, uh, from beyond for me. Oh, that's that's yeah, the, that's the one. Yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what I said. Yeah. Sure, I heard it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. There's parts like in the movie where she kept getting all hot and heavy. I'm like, is she gonna get naked? <laughs> and then it doesn't happen. I'm like, okay, yeah, that that would that'd be weird at this point. But then yeah, then she just popped a titty out and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I can get behind this. <laughs> um anyway. Yeah, uh like you said, it it was I guess enjoyable. I just didn't really have strong feelings about it one way or the other. It's like, I didn't really super enjoy it. I didn't hate it. It's just kind of fine. Yeah. A lot of it was kind of cliche. A lot of the, like, I mean like the, you know, the thing with the blood in the grocery store. I feel like we've seen that yeah. so many times. But for me, like with vampire movies, that's okay. That's fine. I, I, yeah, no I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with it, but like I said, we've just seen it so many times. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like the overall story just wasn't really all that exciting for me. Um, not to say it was bad. It was just kind of like, eh, this isn't really getting my juices flowing, but whatever. Um, so, yeah. 
not sure if I have anything else to add, but anything for you? Um, not really. I mean, it's, you know, there's been a lot of these kind of stories of someone getting bit by a vampire and fighting against the, the turn. Yeah. And this is just another one of those, um, you know, but yeah, it does have the added interest point in that it's a, a priest's, I guess he's not a priest. He even says at one point, he's not a priest, a pastor, a, a pastor's, doctor, yeah. yeah, a pastor's wife. But yeah, he doesn't like he Larry Fessenden jumps real quickly to like, we got to find some vampires and kill them. Yeah. Yeah. He's like right on board. I don't know. I, I feel like that was just do. So there's kind of an interesting. It, it, I feel like his his response to it is kind of maybe a little up for interpretation, but it did seem a lot like his feeling of of need to save his wife from her vampirism, and you know they they, they kind of get this the the typical idea. It's like oh, you kill the master and you'll go back to normal. That's what that's what happens in movies, right? And so that's what kind of what their goal is. But it seemed to me like he was doing it more for him so that his wife wouldn't be a vampire anymore rather than trying to save her. Yeah. Um, because it was clear that she was happier, and she she told him as much, that she was happier the way she was now than the way she was before. She felt more free, you know, more like herself before she married Jacob. And that's something actually Tom says earlier on in the movie that, yeah, you know, she seems so different and that she can't believe that, or that he can't believe that someone like her had, you know, become a, a, a pastor's wife and living that, you know, devout pious, lifestyle. Yeah. Because the sermons that Jacob's given at the beginning are all about like wives being loyal to their husbands and doing whatever their husband says and making sure that they're, you know, taking care of their husbands at all facets. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think both of these movies that we're talking about today have some similarity in that aspect about, you know, women trying to, you know, be their own people. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. And, you know, not really getting a supportive response from the men in their lives. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of all I got. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else to add, but I think I pretty much covered my thoughts. It's so funny because some of the effect scenes, like a lot of them are really cheesy. And very kind of like low budge looking. Yeah. But like some of them I really enjoyed for that. Okay. But then there, there was other ones where I was just like, like it feels like, I don't know. I don't know if they like blew their budget on Babs and Fessenden or what, but it's, if you're going to be schlocky and cheesy, then you got to go full schlocky and cheesy. Mm-hmm. And so if you have this like straight laced, serious movie with these, you know, top tier actors, and then you have these just, schlocky effects it makes them really stand out yeah and like like i said some of them it's the they're like so over the top that it's like 
like the bed scene in Nightmare, you know, where it's just like, that's so ridiculous that it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but other times it just looks bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good like blood vomit scene. Um, and uh, I don't know, what would you call it? Decapitation? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a decapitation slash crushing <laughs> scene. Um, yeah, those are good. But uh, like you said, they're very cheap effects. Yeah. But practical. I give them credit for that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yep. I think that's it for me. Yeah. That's, me too. All right. Well, um, no, I mean, like, it, this wasn't a bad movie, like I said. Uh, I didn't have strong feelings for it one way or the other, though. Um, and I, I, I kind of like to get that from any movie I watch. Like, to have... For it to elicit some kind of substantial feeling one way or the other. Even this, if it's just rage? Yeah, even if I... Even I if, hate this movie! Yeah, even if it's like, man, this movie fucking... Fucking good night, Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, even if the movie just fucking sucks, it's like, I really want it to think... I really want to just think it sucks. <laughs> um... Instead of just kind of being like, oh, yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, watch that. Yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. That's that's kind of where this one fell for me. Like, oh, Tony, did you did you see Jacob's Wife? It's like, oh, yeah, I watched that. What'd you think? Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's a thing that it's, happened. It's there. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, typically movies like that uh, will get a five, but, um, you know, point for boobies, so. Just the, just the one booby. Yeah, just the one. But I don't do Just half. the one booby, actually. <laughs> but I, I don't do half points, so. Um, I thought it was a little better than, than that. I, I, like, the reason that I gave you this one was because it's Barbara Crampton and it's vampires. I was like, this is right up Tony's alley. You'd think, yeah. I would think. That's what I said. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought it was a little better than that, so I'm, I'll give it a seven. I, I, if I thought the master looked better, I probably yeah. Would the master was the like, like I said the like there was all this flaking on his skin, and it just looked like it. It looked like it was falling off. It didn't look like it was supposed to be like yeah. That. It looked like old, crumbling latex. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our second film, which is a Shutter exclusive, currently available on Shutter for only six dollars a month. Not advertisement. Didn't it? It just went up to six ninety nine a month, I think. I thought it went from five or from four ninety nine to five ninety nine. That what it was. Maybe. If, I think I'm thinking of D- Disney Plus. That just went up. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, it's called it's called Lucky. Is she lucky? It's not a song. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to our little group. Thank you. This is a good bite. Lots of chocolate chips. Oh, what? Ted, Ted, I saw someone outside. Honey, that's the man who comes every night and tries to kill us. We're just gonna leave him? Oh, I'm sure he's already gone. 
You said a man comes into our house every night and tries to kill us. <laughs> hey, pull it together. What? Alone, isolated, a man could appear at any time. He keeps coming back. He should be dead. This man could be anywhere. I just don't know what I would do in that situation. Sure is scary. Very. I'm sorry, I come at a bad time. I tried to call, but. If I told you that something supernatural was happening, would you believe me? We are being attacked. There's no rationalizing it. There's no saving us. So get used to it. All right, so this uh, Lucky stars Brea Grant, who also wrote the script. I did not know that going in. Well, now you know. I do know. And knowing is half the battle. I actually knew that before that. Uh, and the director is Natasha Kermani, who I'm not familiar with. Nor I. But Brea is also the, uh, the, the star. She plays uh, May Ryer, who is a author. She's written a self-help book for women. Um, oh, it looks like this is that director's only film. Oh. She's written a self-help book for women called Go It Alone. You know, basically telling you, you don't need no man. Yep. Uh, she's working on a new book. Her publisher keeps kind of pushing her like, we need, we need to get the next one out. And she's just like, I'm, I'm trying. It's just not coming. He's like, well, you know, start with the title. Go it alone together. And she's like, that sucks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> don't ever talk to me again <laughs> unless you have money. Uh, but yeah, so she's, she's just kind of struggling with writer's block and stuff. So she goes home and she's talking to her husband, Ted, and they're getting ready for bed. And she turns on the light outside and sees a man standing outside her house. A man? A man! And, uh, she says, you know, hey, Ted, there's, there's a man in the garden. He's like, oh, really? A man? In the garden. Uh, but Ted's like, yeah, that's the man. She's like, what are you talking about? What man? He goes, the man that comes to kill us every night in our sleep. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, what? And he's just like, all right, well, I guess I got to go fight him. Hopefully he doesn't have a good weapon this time. <laughs> <laughs> and he like goes and he, he takes a golf club and he's kind of, you know, they're stalking each other around the house. And finally he... He whacks off the guy with a golf club. And she's just like, what the hell is going on? Can you explain this to me? And he's like, she's like, should we call the police? And he goes, oh, no, he's already gone. And she's around and the body's just gone. Yeah. And so they go back to bed somehow. I don't know how you sleep after something like that. But they wake up and she comes in the kitchen. The window's broken. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's how I got in. And she's like, so that was all real. Like that <laughs> really happened. And he's like, Yes. It happens all the time. What are you talking about? Every day. All, all the time. All, every night. And she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> and he's like, are you? 
And he's like, I can't take this anymore. You're being a psycho. <laughs> this the, is the way things are. The conviction of, of, of his words. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, you are being insane right now. <laughs> and I can't take it. So I'm going to, I, I'm leaving. I guess he doesn't say where he's going, but like i just gotta get out of here until you figure your shit out yeah you're clearly emotional (laughs) maybe you're on your period or something (laughs) he doesn't say that but just the the tone right um you know that condescending man you're being a silly woman (laughs) so i'm gonna leave until you can get your shit together and she's just like what is happening (laughs) to my life right now (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) What's that night? The man comes back and now she's by herself, uh, but she's able to fight him off. And this guy, just to describe him, like kind of tall, thin. Yeah. He's wearing like this red blazer or something. Yeah, like a maroon blazer. And he's got this fucked up mask on. It's like, it looks like it would be like some kind of like witch mask, but it's clear. Yeah. So it just makes his face look awful. It reminds me of like that the purge mask with like the X's across the mouth. It kind of looks like that. Like it looks like the mouth is like fused together or something. But yeah, it's clear. So it's kind of like the, you know, like the Goodnight Alice mask or something. Wow. And there's no string on it. Alice, sweet Alice. That's what I said. Um, that was Goodnight Alice. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if you're still thinking about Goodnight Mommy. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, there's, there's no nothing like tying it to his head. It just kind of sits on his face. Spirit gum. It's, well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> in kayfabe. <laughs> Suction. That's what it looked like. Like the, the sides are like pressing into his face. So it looks like it's just like. It's like a static Like plane. fused to his face yeah. or something. But she, just, the first night, what is, she, is that when she pushes him off the stairs? Fuck, uh, I don't know. I, I, she, she kills him so many different ways. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she kills him, and she turns around to call the police, I think, or something, and by the time she turns back around, he's gone. Mm-hmm. But so the police show up the next day, and they're like, you know, do you know this guy? Uh, is it? Could it be, you know, someone your husband knows? And she always tells the cop that her and her husband got in a fight, and they're like, oh, well, clearly, then that's, that's your answer. It's your husband. And she's like, no, it's not my fucking husband. Yeah. Like, I would know. Yeah, they start asking her about like domestic domestic abuse and stuff like that. And yeah, and she's like everything she's saying there, just kind of like, yeah, okay, you're being emotional, you're being a crazy woman. Um, it's kind of a theme. <laughs> uh, next night, guy comes back again. She kills him again. She's this time she goes to tie him up. She turns around to grab her string, turns back around, he's gone. So many times I'm watching this movie and I'm like, stop taking your fucking eyes off him. Yeah, put the rope <laughs> over your shoulder. Tie him up while you're still looking at him. While you're still looking at him, call the cops. Yeah. Like, it, it you know, the, the fourth or fifth time, I'm just like, don't take your fucking eyes yeah. off. You, how does she not realize this? It's yeah. like, at least if you're, like, holding on to him and, like, looking at him, if he just vanishes right in front of your eyes, at least you know. Because yeah, that way you know. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. But she just continually takes her eyes off him. I'm just like, how do you not, how are you not learning? But everyone she tells, again, they just give her this like condescending attitude of like, you're probably imagining it or you're, you know, probably overreacting or it's your husband or it's someone your husband knows. And 
Nobody really seems to take her seriously when she's saying, hey, the same guy breaks into my house every night and tries to kill me, and I kill him, and he disappears. That's weird, right? <laughs> and people are like, oh, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, it's weird. And I mean, a lot of people do a lot of things. So that's just that's just the world we that's, live in. You know, that's living in a city. <laughs> <laughs> that's life in the big city, kid. <laughs> Welcome to Brooklyn. <laughs> This isn't in Brooklyn, by the way. Do they say where it is? Uh, cars at California plates. That's the best I can do. Yeah. It looked very, like, um, very LA-ish. Like LA adjacent. Yeah. Sherman Oaks, maybe somewhere. Um, yeah. And so she, like, goes on this book tour, and she's doing these talks, and she's just super out of it. And... uh you know, people are like, when's the next book coming out? And she's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, she's just kind of going through the motions. Did you notice that uh, the lady at the uh, book reading or the the speaking speaking event that she had, uh, Christina Klebe? No, I did not notice that. Yeah. Well, good for her. Nice good to see her. her. Good to see her getting work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if this was the first time they were in a movie together since actually they weren't in Halloween together. Bray Grant wasn't in Halloween. She was in the second one though. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. She was uh Daniel Harris's friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um or well, yeah. I'll, she was uh Laurie's friend. Right. She was also friends with Daniel Harris. Right. They were all friends together. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a big old friendship. Just a big friend pile. <laughs> That's what you call it. When you have more than one friend, if it's a group of three or more, it's a, it's a pile. <laughs> it's a term. Look it up. Um, yeah, so she's going through the motions. And like I said, you know, her assistant is, as again, she's trying to tell her assistant what's going on with this guy. And even her her female compatriots are just kind of like you know i'm, I'm sure you, you're, it's not what you think it is and blah, blah 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 her publisher um he's a he's a dick yeah he's he's very condescending very kind of like he even though he's a, the publisher and not the author he seems to know like i i know what's best for then her then there's her sister-in-law yeah who seems to know something yeah but won't say anything mm-hmm yeah, she's got a scar on her back, and when uh, when May asks her about it, she's kind of like, "Oh, it's just an old thing." So yeah, very secretive, and yeah. and yeah, it, it does seem like everybody kind of seems to know something, but no one will tell her what's going on. Yeah, it seems like it's mostly the women, though. Yeah, the women definitely seem like they're hiding something. It's 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 kind of a different dichotomy. Like it's the women seem like they're hiding something, like they know something, but they don't want to talk about it. And the men know something, but they don't want her to know it. Yeah, I, I picked up a, like, yeah, the women clearly know something and feel it's they they come come across like they've experienced something traumatic, the same way that May is. And then on the flip side, men seem to know something, or seem to recognize that something's going on, but act like it isn't a big deal. Yeah. So, which makes sense. 
when, when, it, when it comes to the, the end. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't picked up on it yet, there's there's a lot of very strong metaphors about gaslighting and abuse towards women. You know, yeah, glass ceilings and and you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, chauvinism and you know, living in a in a masculine world with and and in just general feminism. Yeah, it's you know we've talked about on the show many times about how we're we're pretty dumb, and we we don't pick up on a lot of things. We don't pick up on the hidden messages most of the time. But this one was pretty easy to pick up on. This one was like Keenan Ivory Wayne's in uh, "Don't Be a Menace." He was like message, message. Um, so you know, <laughs> so that way you know. Yeah, this this one kind of kind of beats your head, the head with it, especially at the very end, which you know, obviously I'm not going to give it away, but the very very end of the movie, you're just like, oh okay, it's like now I get it. <laughs> if you didn't get it before, yeah, you're <laughs> gonna get it then. Um, yeah, this movie's a head fuck. I, for the longest time, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it's it's like a time loop, except that time keeps moving. Y- yeah. Uh, like there, I think the second or third time the man shows up. Yeah, I thought it was some kind of weird time loop. After that, I kind of picked up that it wasn't. But still, I was just like, "What? What is even happening right now?" <laughs> like I like I picked up on that. Like this is some weird thing that's just kind of like you know socially accepted, but nobody talks about. But I don't understand what the hell it's supposed to mean. <laughs> <coughs> but you got there eventually. I got there. Yeah. You know, I think probably about halfway through the movie. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Um, yeah, I, it's it's pretty good. But it's definitely, like, if, if this was one that you didn't really pay attention to, you might have to go back and watch it again. Because there's, there's some... Um, intricacies that just kind of and if you're not paying attention you're gonna be like wait what happened yeah yeah i mean honestly i feel like this movie has the potential to piss some people off oh most definitely um because it definitely attacks the whole not all men mindset mm-hmm. um and uh you know like people that like there, there's a certain part in the movie where um you know, May, she's trying to get another book deal. She's basically trying to ride the coattails of her previous book to get another book deal. Her agent comes to her, her yeah, agent comes to her at home, says, we did it. The publisher wants you to do another book. They gave you a fat advance uh, and, you know, said, oh, you're, you're lucky. You're, you're so lucky. Um, and, uh, so there's a lot of that. A lot of people telling her she's lucky. Ends the name. Yeah, and you know he says, or she says, "How am I lucky?" And he's like, "You know, you're lucky because you know in this climate, it's like it's it's hard to get a book deal, so you're lucky you got one." And she kind of goes on this. She's like, "I fucking worked for this. She's, I worked my ass off to get where I am. You know, I you know, she I, I wrote the book. I go." I toured around the country. I did all these uh, speaking events. I did readings. I did signings for free. 
I worked my ass off to I answer the same fucking questions every goddamn time with the same level of enthusiasm. Um, and she's like, I'm not lucky. I worked my ass off to get what I have. And he's like, you're right. You're absolutely right. Thank you for waking me up towards that. I couldn't figure out if that was like condescending. It or did feel it a little genuine. condescending. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of hard to tell. It it felt condescending in like the way that he was like, "Thank you for telling me that." Like, yeah. But um, but yeah. At the same time, it, it could have been very genuine. Yeah, and you know, like there are there are correlations between feminism and you know women being treated as lesser than men, and you know things like you know. Um, minorities you know black lives matter or you know the the you know even what what has become a, a bigger issue in the last few years is um hate against against asians mm-hmm. um and uh it's the the thing where uh it's not their job to explain to people why they feel oppressed it's other people's jobs to recognize that that they are creating the oppression and fix it i mean it it goes back to the the you know what we talked about earlier with the you know when we're talking about you being a dad and how you you can't know how it feels to be in a situation until you're in that situation Mm -hmm. you and i will never know what it's like to be a woman a woman in america or a black man or woman like there's just no way for us to know we can empathize and we can you know try and see thomas howell (laughs) we can ask Anybody and everybody we want, but at the same time, we will never truly know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the best we can try to do is uh, um, not even empathize because I feel like that's condescending, is uh, sympathize and do what is our responsibility to make things better. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you said, you know, like there's nothing we can know firsthand of what it's like to, to have to deal with these things on a regular basis, and that that's very well dis- very very well ver- um, not versed, described and uh, metaphorically um, portrayed portrayed in this movie is uh, like like I said earlier, you know this this guy he comes and he tries to kill her every single night and in, like. Seemed like it's at one point it came several times in one day. Yeah, in in the middle of the day. Yeah, um, and you know you've got other women who seem to be carrying something similar. We don't know what until later on in the movie, um, but don't want to talk about it. And then again, like I said, men who rec- also recognize that something is wrong but don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's just the way things are. You know, just live with it. Right. Um, so. There's this big weird culmination with like all these people who start talking over each other and singing, which yeah, got really weird. weird. And of course, Chase Williamson is in there. Yeah. For <laughs> five minutes. Like as soon as he popped up, I was like, oh, fucking course, Chase Williamson is <laughs> yeah. in this. It's an indie horror movie that was filmed oh, in the LA area. That's on Shutter. Yeah. <laughs> of course he's in there. And it's like he's not like a A-lister or anything, but it seemed like a small part for him. Yeah. But whatever. 
Yeah, he is like he is to shudder what Johnny Depp is to Tim Burton. <laughs> well, it's like you know we've we've said on the show several times before that there's like this um, L.A. L.A. Uh, horror community. Yeah, they all seem to kind of know each other. It's all a little incestuous. <laughs> um, They're all in each other's movies. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly it. And you know that happened in the eighties too. Oh, sure. With all the New York directors and stuff. Um, so but anyway, um, yeah, like so the overall message in this, I felt the the way it was portrayed was maybe a little heavy handed, but you know also. I, I I have really no place to judge that, um, and you know maybe this is something that that is that needs to be portrayed heavy. Right, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. <clears throat> um, but I thought the very end was a little little too much, though. Like literally, like the very last scene. I'm totally spacing on that. You have to when she takes his mask off. Oh, that was a little, a little, He's a little, little much. Well, it's like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, we got it without that. Yeah. <laughs> and that just like, it kind of changed the whole, not the whole message, but like the, it, I don't, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Um, but it like kind of veered into sci-fi. Well, I mean, the whole thing was kind of sci-fi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say without just flat out saying what happens. So I, I, um, I think I get what you mean. It's as it it uh, with with the tone and the rest of the movie, it was a little out, yeah. There was out a, of place. there's this kind of air of supernatural throughout. You see, there's even points where she says, you know, like is something supernatural happening? Is this a supernatural occurrence? When she's talking to the cops, she says, you know, like you're acting super normal about something that may be supernatural. Um, but yeah, then at the end, it's just like, oh yeah, it's definitely supernatural. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, not not bad at all. Not not so bad. No. Um, dead air. I know. I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm deciding to do a seven and eight. I I'll do a seven. Yeah, See, that, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, mainly because yeah, that that ending kind of for as as you know as tightly woven as this metaphor was throughout the entire movie, the ending was a little sloppy, I think. Yeah. I almost wish it would have like shown her take off his mask, but not shown who it was. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Whatevs. Yeah, it's on Shutter. It's I mean it's it's a it's a heavy movie. So if you're looking for something just like silly and goofy, this ain't it. Yeah. And if you're a dude that's going to get bent out of shape about being accused of something you don't feel you're guilty of, then don't watch it. <laughs> Pretty much. Or maybe you should. That that's yeah, that's actually <laughs> a good point. You maybe you probably should. And it's it if it pisses you off, then maybe you should do some uh 
do some self self inflection. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a long-standing saying that that goes into many things is that if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Yeah. So. Anyway, not gonna get preachy. Yeah, we got a little heavy there, but. So that's it. That's that's the show. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna take our leave now. Under an hour, two hour episode. We, we did it. We did it. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're gonna be back in a couple weeks, guys. Um, and you know what day that's gonna be? Cinco, Cinco de, de Drinco. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Cinco de Mayo. You know, I could have sworn we've done a Cinco de Mayo episode before, but I looked back and we haven't. Um, mm. No. But, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to be doing our salute to Mexican horror. Uh, and um, I guess we don't officially have our movies picked out yet, or do we? Did you pick one? Uh, did I? <laughs> you said you, you were thinking of, you had a couple. We are what we are, I think is what you said you were leaning towards. That's why. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're going to be watching We Are What We Are, and uh, I'm going to go with We Are the Flesh. Okay. It's two movies all about we are. Yeah, <laughs> we and being things. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so be sure to catch that two weeks from today, guys. We're going to be drinking Coronas. and do that. Oh, we're going to be drinking tequila. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tecate? <laughs> Probably none of that. We got some Terramata. What is that? It's about the Rocks tequila. Oh, do you? Yeah. Kristen bought it for when she was making margaritas last summer, I think. Um, and it's just it's like, I think she made like one. And so there's just like most of a bottle. Have you seen the video where he just like chugs a whole bottle of it? Uh, yes. He's a fucking animal. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's like, you know, the, the stuff for tequila is pretty smooth, but it, it's still tequila. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I went, to, went out to lunch with some guys from work, and um, my boss bought a round of, round of drinks. It was a Mexican restaurant, so he bought a round of tequila for everyone. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you were like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I guess that doesn't work on a podcast. You dumped it on the floor and right. pretended to do a shot. Or toss it over my shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, Smooth. That stuff hits fast, too, man. It goes straight to your head. I, I, I took the shot and seriously started feeling like uh, like that, that buzz in my head yeah. like 10 minutes later. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, join us for our Cinco de Mayo episode in two weeks, guys. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Check us out wherever you listen to your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And of course, check out patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast to join us for Horror Business Live. Get some other perks as well. Uh, and all just for just a little bit of money. Just a little bit. Just for the cup of coffee. For the price of a cup of coffee, you too could be a Patreon. Wouldn't you? 
like to be a big brother to someone like me today. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Till then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Like the legend of the phoenix. All ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet spinning? Uh, the force from the beginning. to get lucky.